Welcome to On Tangent, where online marketing, entrepreneurship, and life collide. I'm Maida, your online marketing bestie and fellow entrepreneur. It wasn't long ago that I was a corporate slave shackled by golden handcuffs. But now I get to run a flexible, fulfilling business that allows me to make an impact that extends far beyond me. Here, we believe in the power of free-flowing conversations and unfiltered discussions, where every topic is fair game and there are no boundaries and no limits. Join me as we dive into conversations that will equip, entertain, and inspire you throughout your entrepreneurship journey with a dash of humor, lots of curiosity, and a touch of unpredictability. After all, life and marketing is full of surprises. Ready to join me? Grab your coffee or tea, and let's get chatting. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of On Tangent, my friend. I'm really excited for today's episode because we're talking about one of my very favorite topics, and that is email lists. Um, And more specifically, we're talking about how an email list can supercharge your small business. And I also have Celine here with me. Um, Hi. Hi, Celine. How are you? Hi, <laughs> Vida. I'm good. Sorry. I just wanted to kind of like come in and say like, I know email lists aren't everyone's favorite topic. I think it's something that people have to warm up to. I know people like when you think, oh, email lists, like they roll their eyes. Like, I don't want any more emails in my inbox. I already delete most of them. And I get it because I used to kind of feel the same way. But if you think about it, emails are like a surefire way to get in front of people right there's no algorithm to contend with there's no fighting for attention like yes if this person is subscribed to a hundred email lists you have to hope that they open yours but that's you know if they've signed up to your email list like they want to hear from you it's just how i think about it but yeah it's it's almost like they've literally handed over their name and their email address and they that basically translates to saying yes you have my permission yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) you have my permission please send me your knowledge basically right and I feel like a lot of times people see it more or small business owners might see it more as oh my god they gave me their email address what do I do now like what do I have to say well it's like you they they signed up. I mean, you promised something, they signed mm-hmm. up for it, and now they're saying to you, give me more. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but before we get into the rest of today's topic, I actually wanted to do a little bit of, bring you a little bit of marketing history when it comes to email lists or email marketing in general. Just very briefly, back in the day before social media took the world by storm, basically, there was a tool that people lived and you know, swore by the humble email. And if you think back to the 90s and specifically in 1996, Hotmail launched the very first web-based email service, which changed the whole game entirely. It opened up a direct... Yeah. That's so funny. I was... Maybe I'm I'm severely dating myself. I was one. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How old was I? I was five. (laughs) There we go. Oh my gosh, let's not go there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it opened up a very direct line of communication, which is basically what you were just saying, Celine, um, to millions of Americans. And marketers, obviously being marketers, saw that as an opportunity and jumped in headfirst. And honestly, if you look at it all, the rest is history. And 
I don't know for sure, but my guess is that they saw the direct line of communication as an incredible opportunity to connect businesses with their customers in a way that's way more personal and engaging and obviously so, so powerful, which is one of the you know major reasons we're talking about this topic today. Now, fast forward to today, social media might be dominating the digital landscape as I feel like we've all seen and noticed, especially after the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. But guess what? The email is still reigning supreme when it comes to connecting your audience on a meaningful level. And here's the kicker, because it's an absolute goldmine, especially for small businesses like yours and mine. But I think it's definitely being way underused and being you know put on the back burner so that's one of the again one of the biggest reasons we want to talk about and bring I guess like shed light on it today so yeah like why is it powerful it's because like we were saying earlier it's this thing that it's it it literally is a direct line of communication to people and I know like I'm acknowledged earlier that like some of us are like oh no email marketing I don't want any more emails when someone goes on a social media detox, they don't detox their emails because <laughs> it's a funny way to think about it, but you expect important things in your inbox, mm-hmm. right? And sure, we sign up for like discounts and lists and you sometimes Old Navy sends you like a hundred emails in a week because they're like, hey, this is on sale and this is on sale and it feels like everything is on sale. But even if that's annoying, the point the point of those emails is to kind of like entice you. If I'm tired of looking at social media and I'm tired of like being advertised to while I'm scrolling the internet and stuff, if you send that to me in my email, I'm still seeing it like for better or for worse, right? Like I may not want to see the sale email, but hey, since it's in there, why don't I check it out? And hey, you know what? I do need a new pair of pants. It's an additional touch point, I guess, is where I'm going with that idea. And it's a touch point that I think that a lot of like small businesses are definitely underutilizing because they think kind of like the way that we do now, like some, you know, like as a consumer, I don't want any more emails. But if someone has taken the time to give you their email address because they like the content that you wrote or they like your posts or they just want to hear more from you because they're interested in your business and your services and stuff, valuable. If you don't have at least a way to capture emails, you're missing out on opportunity. Maybe you capture emails and you're not doing anything with them yet. But when you do, you'll have that subset of your audience that's already there and interested. Yeah, and it only takes like a few nurturing emails to kind of warm up warm up your audience to you and get used to seeing you in your inbox. And I think a lot of times people are scared by the idea of having to show up in someone's inbox on a weekly basis or even like multiple times a week and things like that. But honestly, you make the rules when it comes to email marketing. You don't have to be in their inboxes three times a day promoting this sale or that sale or whatever it is you can do one email a week or maybe one email every other week to start out and then kind of progress you know more when you're once you're more comfortable I would say but I think email marketing in general is seriously one of those secret weapons for success regardless of the size of your business and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of why that is in a little bit So I guess let's just get started and let's talk about the impact. Um, So like why, why email marketing and what, what's the benefit of it here? And first to start off, when it comes to impact, when you send out an email to your subscribers, 
it's literally like sending a personal invitation to your party. <laughs> You're saying, hey, I'm having a party. Like, I want you to hear this. I want you to know this. And here's some communication about it. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing about when you build your own subscriber, like list of subscribers, like they want to hear from you. Like they're excited, hopefully, or, you know, at least they're not going to open your email and think, I don't want this. Especially if you're not spamming them all the time, like with the bigger companies, like I mentioned Old Navy, like I honestly I don't need 10 emails. But if you send me, there's someone else that like I've subscribed to. She is technically not a business owner. She is a former lawyer and she's working on a book. And I found her on Instagram or TikTok or something. And I thought her story was just so interesting. And then I found out she has like a sub stack, which is basically where you can write blog posts, but almost like a newsletter style. And she doesn't send newsletters that often, but I look forward to it every time because this is an opportunity for me to learn more about her, see what she's been up to outside of whatever she already shares. Like I follow her on Instagram and I get her stuff. So think of it that way. Like if someone has subscribed to you, they want to hear from you in more than just your other publicly accessible channels. And I think that is so powerful. Yeah. And I think it's very important to kind of highlight what you said about being excited to open someone's email. I think that's at least, you know, the hope from the sender, aka us as small business owners. <laughs> right. The hope is that whoever you're sending your emails to, they are excited and they are eager to know what you're saying, what you have to say in that email. And I think that's, you know, at the end of the day, if you have an audience that actually looks forward to your emails, that's the most valuable type of audience that you have. Then, then you have an email list that is like, worth so much you know way beyond money or anything like that it's it's crazy and when you're sending emails whether it's a tip a discount or a personal story that just you know you think resonates with them anything is fair game so don't overthink what to send that week or that day or whatever it might be for you um just think of okay i went to the store the other day this and this happened to me how what did I learn from that? Is that a lesson I could, that could be valuable to my audience? Would they resonate with this? And if somehow it can be related to your niche, whatever that might be, it's a story. It's an email you can send out. <laughs> Don't overthink those situations. Right. Like I think something that people do is I can only send the most important updates about whatever it is that I'm working on. And yes, those are definitely valuable and you don't want to just send things randomly willy-nilly because that is probably a good way to annoy your audience if you're just like, to Midas example, if all your email says is, hey, I went to the store, if, even if you texted me that, I don't know that I would be like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> like, but good if for you. you. Like, right, <laughs> right. But if you somehow turn that experience in the store into something that they can relate to, because we all go to the store, we all look at these prices and notice, what does that number mean? And then realize, oh, this is like a psychological thing where this price is more compelling, even though last week it was like two cents higher. I don't know. That's a really wild example, but it's a valid example of something that you've observed that you can share with people that might be interesting to them if your niche is in something like the psychology of marketing or stuff like that. Obviously, if you're like an author and you share that random tip, I don't know where that's going to go. But, you know, it's also an opportunity to show your personality too. like who, who notices these things. That's that by itself is a little bit more about you, your business, the kind of person you are. And some people like really relate to that and think, yeah, you know what? I trust whatever this person says. And I think 
it's also really about how you present that information, like what you sound like, I think is really helpful. That's a good point. Like your tone. Yeah. Like if you make it into an email that's fun to read, it's funny or maybe it's like, again, what resonates with people is what they can relate to. So if they can picture themselves at the store with you and like you're making jokes about, I don't know, whoever it is that you saw at the store or not jokes about people. That's not what I meant. But like if, <laughs> right. like if someone said something funny in the store to you and you, and you back in the email. Yeah. Right. Like you s- exactly. Like that's something that very clearly could happen to me tomorrow at the store. So that I can really um, resonate with. And with an email list, because you're speaking directly to your audience, your message has a much higher chance of not just being heard, but also being acted on. And I think that's really, really important takeaway, not just being heard, but also acted on. Because, you know, this is where it gets even better, honestly, at that point, when someone is taking your email and they're reading it and they resonate with it so much so that they want to learn more about you. They want to learn more about your products. They want to learn more about your life or whatever it might be. They might go to your Instagram, follow you there. They might go check out your shop, whatever it is that you might have on sale that day. And that's how I think one of that's another reason email marketing is so, so important. Yeah, I totally agree because even in the example of the person that I mentioned earlier, like the person that I'm following, I found her on Instagram and TikTok and stuff and I thought her stuff was really relatable. And so that's why I signed up for her email list, right? But if I had just seen her on Instagram, I would never have found out that she has like a Ko-Fi link where I can support her or that she's actively working on building something else because that's all information that came from her email list, not stuff that's all over her social media and stuff. And so, yeah, like that, like the emails that she sends, even though I'm not necessarily interested in like the results of certain Congress rulings on international property very specific but that was something that she sent right because she is an IP lawyer like the way that she wrote that email was very interesting to me and it obviously wasn't the only thing that was in there right like there are other sections of that email that she sent that were more compelling but I still clicked on it right because up until that point all the stuff that she had sent in the email and previous emails was relatable to me and I was like okay this might not all of this might not apply to me but I still want to hear more from this person because I like the way that they tell a story or their hot takes on things, you know? Yeah, for sure. I feel like people like that really reel you in. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> At least the most me- surprising things too. Yeah, and it's like, wow, I never knew I was interested in this. <laughs> yeah, like tell me more about what this means for intellectual property. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. And I think something else to call out, especially again, as small business owners, is that email marketing really levels the playing field. It doesn't matter if you're a one person show or if you have a small team, you can create impactful campaigns that basically compete with those big corporations, kind of like the old Navy that you were mentioning earlier. And because again, you're going directly to your audience's hands, like they are on their phone all the time 
and there you are in their hands. You're not trying to fight against like the algorithm for like quantity and visibility and stuff because the people who signed up have signed up. They're going to get that email. It might not land directly in their inbox, but you know that they've received it unless they give you a crappy email, but separate problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole nother issue. But yeah, I think I think it's a great chance to showcase your authenticity, your uniqueness, the dedication that you have towards your audience and towards your clients and future clients. Um, so I think it's it's if that if that doesn't have you convinced that you need an email list, maybe the rest will. will. Yeah. <laughs> or true. maybe the There's rest more. will. <laughs> There's more. Now let's address the elephant in the room. And that is timing. I always see questions and statements like, is it too late to start an email list? Or I don't have a following. It's too early for me to start an email list. And honestly, the answer is, heck no, it's never. Yeah, it's never too late. Go ahead. It's never too late and it's never too early. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're a small business and you're like, I need to build an email list. I don't have any clients. I don't have anything. I don't have a presence right now. It does not matter. At least set up the foundation for you to receive emails. I don't care if the website is not in a good place yet, but as long as there's a place for someone to be like, hey, I like the stuff that you're putting out, I'm going to subscribe. Then when you are ready to actually start sending emails and doing stuff, you don't have to spend any time or effort into building that list. And if you're already like a good sized company, like a mid-sized business, B2B, whatever, and you don't have an email list already, it's not too late. Like, think about it this way. You've already potentially missed a few opportunities. You don't want to keep waiting and then miss any more. And one way I like to think about it, and this might be helpful to some of you, is building an email list is almost basically like planting a seed of connection that will grow with time. And obviously, again, with time, like by nurturing and continuously sending Um, value and knowledge out to your subscribers and I don't know about you but I would want to plant that seed as early as possible because it does take time and like no one's going to join your email list today well not no one but there are some eager purchasers out there but no one's yeah not, not a lot of people will join your email list today and buy something from you tomorrow they need time to get to know you. They need time to trust you, to like you, and all of those good things. So plant yeah. the seeds early. <laughs> Agreed. The The sooner that you something like this exists for you and your business, this channel, think of it that way. Like it's an extra channel. It's another opportunity to talk to people, connect with people, and, you know, give them relevant information. Yeah, and it's not just... And we're talking right now, we're talking about in the sense of like now, what, what, you know, what's the impact now, but there's a massive impact too for the future because as your business grows, your impact, the impact of your email list will also grow. So like what you provide is going to be more valuable because now you've got more experience under your belt. So you're sending better emails. Then your list gets Obviously, you know, your list continues to grow and your subscribers become way more engaged because, again, that seed is growing, that plant is growing in their heads, <laughs> in their minds. So it's just kind of like a domino or not domino effect, but like a rolling it's like exponential. snowball. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yes. That's what I was trying yeah. yeah, like small things you do now will start to add up. 
And once you and your business are ready to really kick it off, having this channel already in place, having these people engaged, or at least, you know, tuned in to the fact that you exist and that you're doing things, is going to make the impact of something that you launch in the future so much bigger and so much better. And they'll be more ready to engage with that product, or maybe they decide this isn't for me, but hey, I think that my other friend who's a business owner is really going to benefit from this, you know? Yeah, exactly. And for some of you that might be thinking, but I don't have an audience, like what am I even going to tell them about and all of those things. There are subscribers who will still join you. And the ones that do join you from the very start, they are the ones that will basically witness your journey and your growth and your evolution as a brand as time progresses. And they'll also be the ones to celebrate your wins and cheer you on and create help you create a community that's way more invested in your success um, than you would think. So my friend, whether you're a newbie or a seasoned pro, remember this, your email list is your treasure trove of connection, your secret weapon of influence, and your gateway to supercharging your small business. But hey, this isn't just about theory, it's about action. So we've put together an action plan to help you get your email list started as well. Okay, so the very first action we've got for you is to figure out what your audience wants and not needs. There's a big difference between the two. What you think your audience might need is not necessarily what they want. They might need business advice or, you know, whatever else you think they might need, but in reality... What they want is growth. What they want is freedom. What they want is engagement on their social media posts, for example, right? So try to address their wants and not their needs. So with that being said, research your target audience on their biggest pain points or questions that you might be getting over and over again. And think to yourself, can you help solve their problems with a digital product? What's the best free product or solution that you can get to your audience that will help them get through the door basically and preferably preferably this freebie should be related to your main offer or offer you want to direct your audience to this will be helpful when you create your welcome sequence which we'll talk about in a little bit here but if you don't have an offer yet just focus on solving their current problem or answering a current question that you keep seeing over and over again yeah and this is where um researching your audience and what they want is so important because if you can figure out how or like what exactly your audience is looking for even if it's not necessarily like as a business person they think they want to watch the social media grow by like steadily let's just say steadily by 10 people a week or whatever even though that's not going to help them in the ultimate goal of their business if you can figure out a way to address what they want which is steady social media growth and also have it tie into what would be the next logical step in growing their business which is i don't know finding figuring out a way to take action with that lit, that social media audience to you know land brand deals or whatever it is you will be so valuable to that person because you're addressing what they want and then you're giving them the tools and the knowledge and the power to do the next thing because once you get once your audience or you or whoever gets one thing then the next question is well what's next like what do I do now yeah and actually that leads very well into the next um, action action step which is 
give them what they want, um, basically what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. But you can do that in the form of a freebie, which is also sometimes called a lead magnet. They're both the same thing. Um, you can offer them something that's irresistible in exchange for those precious email addresses. And that could look like a digital product, a discount code maybe, or an exclusive video tutorial or a challenge of some sort. Anything that can add value to to your target audience and you know all of that is fair game. But basically step one, figure out what it is that they want. And then step two, give them what they want. Actually create the product and all of that. Then step three is you want to create a landing page on your website so that you can capture, you know, you can drive traffic to that landing page and capture those email addresses. So you want to set up a sign up form on your website and also make a um, link accessible on your social media platform so that when you create content promoting your freebie, you can have that easily accessible and keep that landing page and the sign up form as simple and enticing as possible because all you really want to do is capture their name and their email address here. This is not like a sales page of any kind. You don't want to be talking way too much about the product and actually I will admit I did that once and it did not go (laughs) very well. (laughs) My landing page for a freebie was literally like almost like a sales page basically and it was crickets. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. So basically keep it very, very simple. Maybe one image, of like a teaser image of what the product is. It's maybe just a screenshot of your digital product and tell them exactly what they're getting. And that's basically it. Yeah. I like can't emphasize enough how important it is for a landing page and a form to be super simple, especially for something like a freebie or when you're giving something away in exchange for their contact information. Like there's this term called friction, like in UI, UX and just other like design principles where if there's a lot of friction, like I have to put all sorts of information into something in order to access the freebie, I am less likely to do it. The more like with each step, I am less and less likely to finish that form. And that is not what you want. So when you also when you build your form, think about which fields are going to be the most important for you. If you're not if you're not planning on doing anything so complicated and sophisticated as like segmentation, industries, if something like an industry doesn't matter for what you're doing, then don't collect that information. If all you need is a name and an email address, that's all you need on the form too. Yeah, because there's other ways to find out more about who has joined your um, email list, you know, through surveys and other different ways to do it, unless unless it's critical for you to contact them or like like you said segment them for what the immediate next step is. Yeah. I recommend just keeping it to name and email. Yeah. And I think to add to the friction idea to like the whole concept of friction, the more information you add to the landing page, yes you're creating more friction, but the reason you're doing that or like the way or why it's happening is because you're creating confusion. The more information there is, the more they have to digest and understand before they can just get their hands on a product piece of product, the more confused they get. And that in itself is friction and will yeah. lead to them jumping off basically. And it and it creates doubt sometimes. Like if there's a there's a fine line between giving them just enough information to convince them that hey they need this and giving them so much information that they feel overwhelmed and they're like, I'm not ready for this, even though they totally are. 
and the thing that you created is exactly what they need. There's a good balance between giving them relevant information, basically, and then overwhelming them. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So assuming you know what your audience wants, you're creating exactly what they want and you're giving it to them. And you've got a landing page, beautiful, very simple landing page to capture all of that information. Next up is your welcome sequence. And I kind of briefly touched on it earlier, but a welcome sequence is basically a automated set of emails that you can write way ahead of time and you can schedule them so that anytime someone opts into your uh, into receiving your freebie, they are one sent the delivery email so the product is actually being delivered but then what follows after that is a set of automated emails that allow you to make a very amazing and I'm saying amazing because that's the goal um, amazing first impression so you want to be welcoming your new subscriber to your community you want to introduce yourself talk about your mission, what your goals are and things like that, and what the expectations are of how often you're going to pop into their email, into their inbox. Yeah, this, I think, a welcome sequence, if you think about it from like a B2B sort of standpoint, which is where I have a lot of marketing background, this is your opportunity to nurture them. Because depending on how long the buying cycle is, or how long it basically how long it takes someone to figure out hey, I trust these people and I want to work with them or learn more about them or actually reach out and talk to them to see if it'll be a good fit. They need time to get to know you and trust you. And that's what the email sequence is about, right? This is your introduction of yourself to them in this more personal space. Obviously, they have an idea of who you are if they've landed on subscribing to your email list, right? They must have found you from social media or something that you've posted or whatever it is but this is your chance to sort of go a little bit deeper right there's only so much that you post on social media and instagram and all those public forums this is your chance to show them who you are what your business is about the best way to contact you stuff like that yeah and i feel like i personally the way i think about it is you basically are sharing your story in the first few emails that you're sending That's a out good point. so yeah Right. So the the way I plan out welcome sequences in general for myself and for past clients and things like that is thinking of it as a story. So like the very first one just delivered the product and you want to keep that email very, very simple. Just deliver the product, tell them you're they're now part of your email list and that you'll talk to them soon kind of thing. Just very, very simple. The second email, which is like technically the first email in your like intro or like in your story I would say is who you are what you do anything anything that's like introductory then in your second email and you want to leave kind of like a cliffhanger in the first email and then in your second email you got to think about okay how can I what's the next step in my story and then in the third email the next step of that one and each email should have a cliffhanger of some sort so that it entices them and makes them basically wait for the next email because they know something cool is coming, something interesting is coming or whatever that might be. And it's a great, great opportunity for you to either lead into one of your main offers that you have. But if you don't have an offer, it could also be great to just tell a story, get connected with your audience. Uh, whatever that might look like for you. And once you complete your welcome sequence and it 
Typically, I would recommend four emails over four days. These subscribers can be cycled back into your typical weekly email schedule where you can just basically build deeper relationships with them on a, on a weekly basis if that's what you're doing or if you're sending once a month emails. And I, I know that I'm part of a couple of email newsletters where I get two to three emails a week from them, but they're so good that I continue like reading every single one <laughs> and I don't mind it. So yeah, so you want to you want to build relationships after that. So question, do you recommend that they go through an entire email sequence first and then not receive your regular emails yet until they've finished? And I think it's a matter of opinion, right? Like some people, it works well to do both for some businesses and people and it works well to do something for others. But just in your opinion, like I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I personally, the way, and that's how I have it and the way I would recommend it for clients as well is I would just let them run through the welcome sequence first and finish that completely okay. and then cycle them back into your weekly. And I don't mean to say back because now they're new subscribers, right? But right. cycle them into your weekly emails because if you have a welcome sequence going through where you're introducing yourself, but then also sending an email about the grocery store guy <laughs> from the other day then right. it's just kind of weird and it just makes you look kind of like you're all over the place and maybe it almost even could look like I accidentally sent you the wrong email type of thing so I yeah I like to just let it finish and then send out and like my week my next weekly email to anyone who has not who has basically finished that sequence gotcha that makes sense mm-hmm what do you think? What's your opinion on it? Um, I feel like it's totally like an it depends sort of thing. Like if you are so historically, I've worked in like big corporations where they have hundreds, thousands of people that they contact on a regular basis. And these people are running through sequences. Some of those systems and sequences were a lot less sophisticated than others, but they sent emails so seldom that it didn't really matter. And I guess it also depends on if what you're sending is something that's time sensitive, right? Like if, for example, you're having a meetup or something, you would want all of your subscribers to see that. But like, it really just depends on the goal of the email. If it's just your weekly newsletter or something and there's nothing time sensitive in there or there's no like subscriber specific offer, I think, yeah, like letting the email welcome list play out is a good idea in that instance. But like, I think ultimately it just depends on what the goal of each email is and sort of where your business is too. Because if you're not, if, if you know, like if you're a small business and you're just sending like updates and stuff, new subscribers don't necessarily need to see that all the time. But if it's something exclusive or time sensitive or event related, they might want to see that on top of the welcome sequence, maybe. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And it, and it also depends too on like, if you want the welcome sequence spread out over four business days or like one day a week over the next month. It really depends too on like how frequently you want to send emails. All of that to say, I don't have an opinion. It just depends on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, that is very true. And I like the perspective from a corporate angle that, right. uh, that we can provide as well. All right, friends, there you have it. I hope this quick and dirty action plan is helpful to you when you start building your email list. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, but Maida, 
I need more support to start my list, don't worry because I've got you covered there as well. We're launching our very first online course very, very soon, and it's going to be called Email List Accelerator, where we walk you through step-by-step and in so much more detail on how to start and build your email list. If you want to make sure you don't miss the launch, join our VIP list now and you'll automatically also snag our early bird pricing. Remember, your email list isn't just a list of addresses, it's a list of connections, dreams, and aspirations. So let's stop snoozing on it and let's get building. Thank you for tuning in to On Tangent. If you found this episode valuable, share it with your fellow entrepreneurs and or leave us a review. It would help us share our message with more entrepreneurs just like you. Until next time, keep building your business and nurturing those connections.